This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Here we go with Booker. Another three. Oh! Booker cannot miss. He is on automatic. 22 six threes. What a performance from Devin Booker. This is BetQL Daily with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. 40 13 and 11 from Devin Booker game one Western Conference finals without Chris Paul available Booker had to ball out that's exactly what he did you've got BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski Joe Giglio here this is the new look BetQL Network four sports betting shows each and every day 14 hours of fresh content five days a week uh, let's uh, continue the NBA conversation looking been looking forward to uh, speaking with Ryan McDonough he is on the line, and Odyssey NBA Insider Insider Calls are brought to you by Shell, V-Power, Nitro Plus, Premium Gasoline. Uh, Ryan, I would ask how you're doing, but I know that on Sunday you had to feel like a proud papa on Father's Day. Yeah, Joe and Joe, good morning. Great to be on with you guys. Yesterday was a lot of fun watching the Phoenix Suns in Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Chris Paul was out, but Devin Booker was terrific. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges, and others played well. Uh, so, it was, yeah, it was a really special day for me and my family. In fact, um, Howard Beck wrote an article about, not, not about the game, just about uh, me and watching the games and what it's like when you contribute to building a team and then uh, you're no longer there to see it through. So if you get a chance, uh, check that out at Sports Illustrated. I thought the piece came out pretty well, and it just dropped this morning. Ryan, you drafted Devin Booker. I'm sure you had a conviction in the kid and the player he could be on that moment the night you drafted him. When did you know? When did you realize at what point of his career that he was becoming this player? Joe and I were going back and forth earlier trying to figure out, is he a top 10 player in the league right now? We have him right in that area. He's incredible. When did you know he was going from good to great? I would say the second half of his rookie year. We drafted Devin with a 13th pick in the 2015 draft. Uh, keep in mind, guys, he came off the bench at Kentucky. Now, it was a loaded Wildcats team. That was the team that went to the Final Four, and they were undefeated in the Final Four before they lost to Wisconsin, led by Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. Um, you know, they're trying to be uh, the first undefeated team since Bob Knight's Indiana team in the 70s to, to run the table. Uh, so Devin came off the bench on that team. They had uh, three other guys going the lottery ahead of him. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Trey Lyles were all lottery picks. So, um, you know, I, I think in Kentucky played more of a limited role catch and shoot and then uh, once we got into the pre-draft workout process we, we saw some more of his uh, ball handling and playmaking and his competitive nature anybody who watched the game yesterday saw that on display at the NBA level 
but really, guys, that's that season, the 2015-16 season, uh, we struggled. There, there were some injuries. There was some turmoil internally. We made a coaching change, and then uh, as everything was uh, kind of you know hitting the fan, the sky was falling a little bit. Uh, Devin Booker kept rising and kept thriving, and uh, that gave us confidence to fully lean into the rebuild and build around him. And uh, obviously, the Phoenix Suns are benefiting from that decision uh, as they sit up sit here up 1-0 in the conference finals. All uh, right, as you know, Chris Paul got a uh, got some support in the MVP voting. Uh, the value of him on such a young roster is that quantifiable? Well, I think the experience, the leadership, the professionalism. Uh, I'm guessing Monty Williams would tell you he's like having another coach in the locker room. That's how much the players respect Chris Paul and look up to Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, so I've really noticed it, guys, and especially in close games when Chris Paul has played. Uh, they were excellent in the regular season, in the clutch, uh, possession-by-possession games. I just think he brings a common presence. And then what he did in the playoffs, obviously he did not play yesterday in game one due to the COVID protocols, uh, but through the first two rounds, guys, I think his assist-to-turnover ratio was 10 to 1, which is insane. Um, so it shows you how he's getting other guys involved, but also taking good care of the basketball. And, uh, you know, he didn't play yesterday, but he's been excellent uh, the first two rounds, especially against Denver in round two. And uh, that's why I think Phoenix is looking good. They're up 1-0, and at some point, I think relatively soon, uh, they'll get Chris Paul back and hopefully can help them get over the hump and get back to the NBA Finals. Ryan, you've been in and around the game for a long time. The, the comparison I've, I've made with the Suns this year, Chris Paul, is when Jason Kidd went to the Nets. And it, I thought it took people a while to realize, like, hey, the Nets might go to the finals because it's the New Jersey Nets. They just they never had that kind of success. Do, do you see that comparison? And, and do you think people now are starting to realize, like, man, the Suns aren't just a nice story. They might win this thing. Yeah, I, I, I get where you're going with the comparison. You know, a great veteran point guard comes in and helps drop up the team. Uh, and I'm biased here, full disclosure. But I would say the difference is um, Jason did so much and was so much for that team. I mean, he was the team. The team was built around him. Uh, now, they had good players, obviously, with Richard Jefferson, uh, Kenya Martin, Kerry Kittles, and others. But it was the Jason Kidd show. Uh, I'd say here in Phoenix with the Suns, it's more balanced. And, in fact, I think you could uh, make an argument that Devin Booker's their best player. So uh, I, I think he's the piece that got him over the hump or that very well could get him over the hump in terms of leadership, facilitation. Uh, but, but don't take anything away from what these young guys have done. Uh, Devin Booker's mm-hmm. a special player. Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton are ascending as well. And, and this isn't a one-man stop. I mean, you, you saw that uh, yesterday without Chris Paul. This is a very good, deep, and balanced team. And that's why, in my opinion, guys, they're the favorite to win the championship as we sit here as the conference finals get started. Interesting. Uh, Ryan, we've seen the Clippers fall behind in every series so far. They are 0-5 in games 1 and 2, uh, this time without Kawhi. We thought last round they wouldn't be able to to come back uh, without Kawhi. Is it going to be different? Are we looking at a shorter Western Conference Finals? No, this, I think this is going to be a long series. Um, okay. These teams match up very well with each other. Um, you know, the, the, the Suns struggled with the Clippers to some extent during the regular season. Obviously, a lot of that was due to Kawhi and his greatness. I believe the Clippers won the regular season series 2-1. to one. Um, So the wild card is Kawhi, guys. And that's something I put on my Twitter at NBA over the weekend is that a lot of people are speculating that, oh, you know, Kawhi has a torn ACL, he's out for the year, and this and that. Uh, that's not what I'm hearing, guys. In fact, um, I'm hearing he's in L.A. Uh, rehabbing, trying to see if he can get right to play in this series. Um, 
and the Clippers have been very tight with their medical information. Uh, but I'm guessing if the guy really did have a torn ACL, they would have announced it by now and, and maybe even had surgery by now. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, if, if you're looking to bet it, I, I wouldn't assume that Kawhi Leonard is out for the series. Uh, in fact, I, I think there's a chance that he plays sooner than most people anticipate, and obviously that would be a huge short shot in the arm for the Clippers if he does, given that he's one of the best two-way players in the league. Ryan, look ahead of your Eastern Conference Finals. It was set up finally last night by the Hawks getting through the Sixers, the Bucks on Game 7 against the Nets. It's Hawks-Bucks, your overwhelming favorite for Milwaukee. Uh, I think people have been sleeping on the Hawks the whole time. They just surprise everyone. Do you give the Hawks a real chance to win this series, or is this Milwaukee's uh, and they deserve to be the overwhelming favorite? No, I, I completely agree with what you said. I think this is a very close series and one that Atlanta, Atlanta very well could win. Uh, I don't really understand the, the Hawks' disrespect. I'm not sure what else they have to do at this point. Uh, you know, they, they handled the, the Knicks, who uh, they're limited offensively, but a good defensive team. They beat them 4-1, and then what they just did to Philadelphia. Uh, guys, keep in mind, as I look at that series, the one that concluded last night uh, with the Hawks winning Game 7 in Philly to take the series 4-3, um, the, the Hawks were playing without DeAndre, or are playing without DeAndre Hunter, and they won last night a Game 7 on the road with a young team with a hobbled Bogdan Bogdanovich. Clearly, he wasn't uh, right with, with his knee and the way he was you know, not moving fluidly. So this is a good team. I understand that uh, Milwaukee has some momentum beating Brooklyn, although um, Kyrie Irving wasn't playing and James Harden was playing on one leg. So I, I think that the fans and betters in particular guys are overweighting uh, what they saw. Uh, yes, the, the Bucks are a talented team. They beat the great Kevin Durant. Uh, but but I, I think this is going to be a good series. And as I look at the opening line for game one, uh, I see um, Milwaukee favored by seven and a half, eight points, somewhere in that range. I think that's way too many. I think the series in game one in particular are going to be a lot closer than that. With Ryan McDonough, Odyssey NBA insider, BetQL Daily, Joe O and Joe G. Uh, so you mentioned Wednesday, game one, that you would take a look at the Hawks uh, at seven, and maybe that even goes up a little bit. Uh, Seven-point underdogs in game two of the Western Conference Finals. That's a six-point spread for Tuesday night. Would you take a look at the Clippers there? Yes, I would. Yeah, I, I like the Clippers to, to cover and maybe to win. Uh, keep in mind the turnaround they had this weekend, guys. They played uh, a br- you know unbelievable game, a, a, a exhausting game late Friday night. Uh, they come back and you know and win one of the historic uh, turnaround um, games in NBA history in the playoffs. And then about 36 hours later, um, you know, in that 36-hour period, they have to fly to Phoenix, they have to check into the hotel, get set up, prepare for a new opponent, and then play uh, an early game. The game tipped off at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time yesterday here in Phoenix. So uh, I think the Suns will see the Clippers' best shot tomorrow night. Uh, I think they'll be rested. They know what to anticipate now. Uh, Devin Booker was, uh, you know, historically good. He was heroic in game one, uh, and the Suns still won that game by six. So uh, I think the six-point line is too many. Um, it looks like Chris Paul is going to be out again uh, tomorrow, if I had to guess. So uh, i like the Clippers to cover and potentially also win in game two tomorrow night. Ryan, I think it's a rule. Wherever the uh, the platform is, we cannot go 10 or 12 minutes without asking you about Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you're an executive in the league for a long time. You've seen all sorts of different kinds of players and fits and teams that don't fit together and have to be broken up. What do you do if you're the Sixers with Ben Simmons, who it just seems like is is broken and maybe has reached the end of the line in Philadelphia? Yeah, so here's the challenge, guys, from an executive standpoint, as, as you can imagine. You always want to sell high, right? It's, it's like a stock or anything else. Uh, if they trade Ben Simmons this offseason, they're, they're selling low. His value is clearly not what it once was. Um, but but the, the counter to that is if you bring him back, he's not a very good fit with Joel Embiid. He's, he's just not. He, he doesn't shoot the ball well. 
In fact, last night, um, you know, some stretches in the game, and, and Doc went away from it as the game went on, but he had Ben Simmons and Dwight Howard on the floor together. Um, there's no shooting. There's no floor spacing. It's almost impossible to run a good half-court offense with two guys who can't and won't shoot the ball outside the restricted area. Uh, so, so Philly's in a tough spot here. I mean, his, his value is way down. Uh, I think it, everybody realizes they're going to have to make a move. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, the, uh, the silver bullet guys would be if he spent the entire offseason in the gym working on his shooting and completely overhauled his shot. Um, but, you know, I, I blame, obviously, a lot goes to Simmons, a lot goes to the coaching staff and the front office. Uh, they didn't require Ben Simmons to shoot perimeter shots. Uh, I thought in the regular season they should have mandated that, that he needed to shoot open threes that all those drives to the basket and overpowering smaller opponents and getting out in transition against bad teams, that was not going to be available to him in the playoffs. Uh, they didn't do that, and they paid the price last night, and uh, that's why I think they have uh, maybe the most interesting offseason of any team in the NBA. Ryan, the NBA has moved, uh, and it's for years now, towards wing players, guards, perimeter players. Joel Embiid is a great player, finished second in the MVP voting this year. Ryan, do you have any concern moving forward of Joel Embiid being the lead player on a title team, even if they switch the – mix around him he just seems to wear down at the end or he's hurt at the end of every postseason yeah my concerns with Embiid would just be strictly be medical you know if I don't know his medical situation obviously but if he's okay medically uh, I think he can be the best player on a championship team um I I wouldn't put the blame on him last night guys I mean it was very interesting to hear his post-game comments Uh, they asked him what the difference was he basically said well Ben Simmons didn't shoot a layup to tie the game in the final (laughs) few minutes he passed it off (laughs) I believe it was to Matthias Steibel. He got fouled and only made one of two free throws. Um, so I'm not sure what else Joel Embiid could do. I mean, he played 41 minutes. He had uh, 31 points, 11 rebounds, three assists. Uh, the eight turnovers obviously were, were costly. But uh, as I look at the Philadelphia 76ers issues, uh, he, he'd put he'd be the guy I put at the bottom of my list. Um, you know, start with Ben Simmons, uh, Tobias Harris, who's is a max salary player, was eight for 24. Uh, they don't have enough playmaking. They don't have enough shooting. Uh, so I, I look at a bunch of different areas, the coaching staff, the front office, and other places uh, before I, I get back to jo- Joel Embiid as the root cause of the problems. Uh, just a matter of days ago, Mike Budenholzer was about to be fired, and now he's in the Final Four in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Nets are out. Uh, in either series matchup, Brian, do you see a coaching mismatch? No, I, I, first of all, I think the guys in the Western Conference, uh, Monty Williams and Phoenix and Tyron Lue, are, are very good. Uh, excellent, in fact. Uh, Monty Williams has been all year. And then what Ty Lue has done in the playoffs uh, as far as his adjustments as the series have gone on, it'll be very interesting to see uh, if and what he tweaks against Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns, especially after Booker went nuts yesterday in Game 1. Uh, so, no, I don't see that. And then Mike Budenholzer and, and Nate McMillan, uh, two experienced coaches. Uh, you're right, Bud seemed like he was on the ropes uh, a week or so ago. I mean, that, that's the way it breaks in this league. Uh, but, no, I, I don't see any huge coaching advantage. Uh, like I said, as I look at the teams, though, I, I think the, the biggest potential advantage in the betting markets are people underestimating and sleeping on the Atlanta Hawks. I think that Milwaukee-Philly series is going to be very close, and I, and I think it's one uh, where Philly could spring the upset, uh, especially if they get Bogdanovich back healthy. Uh, they're a talented, deep team uh, that, even though they're young, uh, they've proven that they can win in some hostile environments and on the road, and they have some guys like Trey Young, uh, and, and Kevin Herter last night weren't afraid of the moment and can rise to the occasion. Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough at McDNBA. Ryan, look forward to uh, checking out that piece by Howard Beck. Appreciate the time and looking forward to our next visit. Anytime, guys. Always great to be on with you.
That was Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Insider calls are brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. We know life is busy, so come to Shell to fill up, save up, and snack up to make the most of the stop you need to make. Ryan tells us, Joji, hold up, man. Hold up. This is going to be a competitive conference finals. He, he expects both of them uh, to go pretty deep, and it, it sounds like he wouldn't be shocked if there is an upset. Yeah, and he he twice mentioned the Hawks as as being slept on plus three seventy to win the series, plus seven and a half seven. We could go up to seven and a half, but seven last time I saw it here this morning in game one. There's value on the Hawks. If sometimes do you believe what your eyes are telling you? And our eyes are telling us the Hawks are ready. They're, they're not two years away, they're ready right now. That's an interesting bet. The Hawks to get to the finals. You said it could have been what, a hundred to one a few weeks ago? Uh, yeah, at the start of the playoffs. Uh yeah. So if I'm considering the Hawks which team's taking game one. So Atlanta takes game one on the road at Philadelphia. Very tough place to play. Milwaukee, tough spot to play as well. Imagine if the Bucks get out to a 1-0 series advantage. What's the number going to be then? Do you want to get a little bit greedy? BetQL Daily with Joe O and Joe G. Thanks for checking out the new and improved BetQL Network. We do lightning bets next. We go around the horn, get everybody's top plays for the evening. You're locked in on BetQL Daily from BetQL.